2: is the pack a day podcast hello everyone and welcome to a wednesday edition of a pack a day podcast my name is nick schmitz i'll be your host for today wherever you may be and however you may be listening thank you so much for making us part of your day and halfway through the week here and Packers sitting at 4-1, and one. big win against Dallas last Sunday, and it's now on to Detroit Monday Night Football. And we've got lots to talk about, storylines coming into, I guess, like, technically next week uh, with the Monday Night Game at Lambeau Field, another division opponent for the Packers, three in the first six weeks. So joining me today again, Maggie jacob Uh, both of you welcome back to the show Uh, lots to talk about today and jumping in here real quick uh, starting off with some storylines we want to play a bit of audio for you this was taken from the other day from Sirius XM NFL radio Uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers having a conversation about this Packers team where it's at five weeks into the season and even a little bit from Aaron Rodgers of kind of what he thinks about stats right now versus
3: winning. Take a listen. Harvey, big day coming up in a couple days, huh? Uh, What are you you getting me, Aaron? I expect something very – like a Porsche maybe. (laughs) A Porsche? That's what you want? (laughs) (laughs) For for the people that don't know Aaron, uh, and I'm obviously joking, but – I would not be surprised if a Porsche doesn't show up in my house. You know, that's the type of guy Aaron is. But uh, obviously, we're kidding. But hey, man, how do you f- feel with the relationship with you and Matt? How that's going? You know, the the offensive system. You felt like you guys are getting a lot better with it. I do, and and I said that in the beginning, kind of coming out of training camp. I said it's going to be a work in progress because he'd never called plays for me, and I'd never heard. You know his voice in the headset, and got used to mm-hmm. the rhythm and stuff, and and I knew it was going to be a work in progress. You know we've really been uh, uh, been sharp and and starting to finish some of the you know some of the calls coming out. That really helps. You know when you can uh, anticipate some of those calls, it kind of gets you in that flow, confidence wise. And I think we really got that going. It obviously helps when you can run the ball because it opens up some yes. of the stuff in our in our plan. And for the last couple of weeks, not this week against uh, Dallas, but the previous couple of weeks, we we faced a lot of cover too, and we didn't really run the ball. Uh, as well as we wanted to, but we, you know, against Philly, we were very aggressive and we threw the ball a bunch of times and we moved the ball methodically down the field. And I love the uh, the ability to do that and then the ability to come back. We're going to stick with the run game. We're going to run it down the red zone where people think we're going to, you know, we're, we're a pass heavy team and and we ran the ball in four times. You know, three on a very similar scheme. I love it. You know, and and I said after the game, and and actually, you said this. I remember one time years ago. You know, all the stuff that you've accomplished. Statistically, I mean, you've done it all, and you did it all, and there comes a point where it's about the wins, and people are going to yeah. still focus on you know the, how many touchdowns to it threw, how many. But the most important thing is championships. We're putting ourselves in a position to be competitive in that conversation in a very deep uh, NFC. But you know, wins like a couple of days ago go a long way for the confidence of our football team, and I feel good about where we're at.
2: So there you have it. Aaron Rodgers feeling good about where this team is at right now, 4-1. and one. And a couple of interesting things that Aaron mentioned in that interview there from SiriusXM NFL Radio. Uh, one of the first things that really stood out to me, guys, was he had mentioned, and we had been saying this forever with – you know the relationship with Aaron Rodgers Matt LaFleur that it's a work in progress. So Maggie when you hear that Aaron says that you know it's all a work in progress and it seems to be working at this point. They've sco- they they've increased their scoring every week that they've played so far this year what 10, 21, 27, 27 and now 34 this past weekend. What do you make of where Aaron feels the relationship is right now with Matt LaFleur.
4: I think that it definitely indicates that this team is off to a really good start. Uh, The fact that they did put up so many wins in the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people were anticipating maybe a slow start for that reason. Um, Like you said, you know, they're putting up more points each week. So the consecutive nature of getting their uh, chemistry going, especially with, you know, a brand new offensive scheme, um, most of the players stayed the same, but the look of the offense is different. So I think it's huge to to be in the position that they're at now, going into a hostile environment, having two road wins, um, putting up 24 more points in Dallas than they did week one against the Bears. Um, granted, the defenses look a little different. Um, it says a lot about you know Matt LaFleur being a young head coach, um, how he's handling his time in Green Bay. And, you know, I'm with Aaron. I think that you can tell at this point in his career he doesn't need 50 touchdowns to two interceptions. He wants another Super Bowl ring. Like, that's going to be his goal is to get one or two more before he hangs up his cleats. And as many statistics as he has, he's already a Hall of Famer. I don't think he feels like he needs to strive for that anymore at this point. I think right now it's about getting the hardware. And, you know, Maggie, it's really
2: interesting you bring that up because that's been such a – national narrative lately with Aaron Rodgers that he cares so much about his stats and not that he doesn't care about winning but it's it's the narrative has always been that you know Aaron cares about him and what his numbers look like so Jacob when you hear Aaron say that you know I don't necessarily care about the stats as much anymore as I do about winning do do you buy that and what should Packer fans make of him saying that
5: I do Uh, you know it's not uh, I'll say this some of the stuff he said about Matt LaFleur it's not going to lead on the shock jock shows tomorrow morning but I think it's stuff that if you're paying attention you're not surprised to hear as for the stuff about whether or not he cares about winning uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't stupid guys I mean he knows that it's been 10 years since the Packers have won the Super Bowl well almost 10 years I should say and he also knows that he's on the back nine of his career to use his words in the interview he gave previously. And I think he also knows that Aaron Rodgers watched it happen to Brett Favre that, I, and I'm not suggesting that the Packers can move on from Rogers in the next year or two, but that it's a possibility that one day Aaron Rogers won't be the quarterback of the Packers anymore and they will move on from him. So I think that he knows those things. Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. I think that he knows that, the definition of insanity, first of all, which was doing the same things over and over again, and really, I mean, what have the Packers done since 2011? They basically handed Aaron the ball and said, here you go, man, go win the game. Go make. Go be a superhero and win the game for us. And what's happened? They haven't won. And the reason for that is is because, unlike this year, when Aaron Rodgers hasn't played like a superhero, the Packers lose. NFC championship games are a perfect example of that. In 2010, Rodgers did not play well in that NFC title game. What happened? They won because they were able to win without him being a superhero. The other NFC title games Rodgers has played in, they've gotten bombed or they've blown a big lead because Rodgers didn't play like a superhuman, and the team around him either fell apart or got blown out uh, in Atlanta, which happened. So I think Rodgers knows that this team is being built differently. I think he knows that they're asking him to do some different things. And I think the biggest positive and one of the biggest things that this entire offseason was about was making things easier on the quarterback so he doesn't have to play God in the middle of a game. Now, it's nice to see, for example, against Philadelphia that he's still capable of doing that. But you also – one of the best things about the Patriots – and, Nick, I know you love the Patriots, so you're smiling and laughing as I, I give this I love
2: thing. I love Tom Brady. I don't necessarily love the Patriots, but yes.
5: Well, one of the best things about the Patriots is the fact that when Tom Brady, not the greatest quarterback of all time, does not play well – is that the Patriots are still able to win. The Packers aren't able to do that. They give him an opportunity, the Patriots do, to win games when he doesn't play well. The Packers haven't done that enough. Rodgers knows that. I think he's smart for realizing that, and I think it's something that's going to make the back end of his career hopefully more John Elway-like instead of Brett Favre-like where he's pushed out of two separate towns and then leaves on a on a cart, essentially.
2: Well, regardless of, of what it means right now with Aaron Rodgers, you can't deny that... From those comments, his head seems to be in the right space. Everything seems to be trending in the right direction, which is nothing but positive news for this Packers team. So. Let's move on into uh, the the game coming up next week, technically, Monday Night Football, one of two Monday Night Football games the Packers have this year. Both are division games. You have the next one all the way in December, December 23rd, when they go to Minneapolis to play the Vikings. But the Lions coming to Green Bay this Monday. Uh, the Lions come in at 2-1-1, and and they're kind of a confusing team because you feel like they could be four and oh you feel like they could be two and two they're two one and one they're sitting in second place in the division and the really troubling thing coming into this game is that the Packers are oh and four in their last four games against the Lions last year they lost 31 to 23 in Detroit uh Aaron Rodgers played the whole game there was a whole slew of mistakes uh Mason Crosby and his kicking in that game Aaron Rodgers fumbled twice gave away points there so just Kind of a crazy game there, but and then you had the game at the end of the season where they lost thirty one to nothing at Lambeau, which was just uh just capped off the just most what
5: depressing a, football game I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, it was it was really uninspiring. Uh, but something to make note of, you know, and I'm gonna go through the other two games here, but the Packers are 0-4 in their last four games against the Lions, but Aaron Rodgers has really only played in one of those games, and that was the game that I just mentioned in Detroit, where they lost thirty-one to twenty-three. He did play in the season finale last year, but he only took nine snaps. He left the game after an injury. And then you go all the way back to two thousand seventeen, that was the year he broke his collarbone. Uh, they lost the game at Lambeau that year, which was also Monday night football. They lost 30-17. to I think that was Brett Hundley's second or third start of the season. And then the season finale, again, in Detroit, they lost 35-11. to Rodgers was healthy but did not play because they were eliminated from the playoffs at that point already. So you see 0-4 for the last four games uh, for the Packers against the Lions, but really Aaron Rodgers is really only affected one of those games you have to go all the way back to January 1st of 2017 to find the Packers last win against the Lions that was the run the table season they beat them in Detroit uh, on January 1st they won 31-24 to win the division Um, so we talk about this team 0-4 but it's really you feel like there should be kind of an asterisk next to that record there Obviously, it's not going to be as easy for the Lions coming in here playing a fully healthy Aaron Rodgers and, quite frankly, a completely different defense than the Lions have been used to the last four times they've played the Packers. But, I, Maggie, I want to start with you on this. We were, we were talking before the show. John Kuhn was on uh, ESPN Milwaukee earlier this week. He was talking. He made a very good point about... Uh, if the Packers win this game, they're going to move to 3-0 and in the division and just what that would mean for the Packers. So, Megan, just want, want your thoughts. Obviously, being 3-0 and in the division is you want to win all your division games, but, I mean, as far as what this team has gone through in the last two seasons, the disappointment and then, you know, being off to this hot start, does this game mean maybe just a little bit more than if it was just, say, some other non-divisional team?
4: I think this is the season of getting monkeys off backs. Like, you know, they win one road game last season. They're one and seven, and then already through five weeks, they're two and zero on the road. They win only one division game last season against the Bears week one. They tie the Vikings, and then they don't win another division game. This season, they're already two and zero in the division. They haven't beat the Lions in two years, so now they have the Lions coming home Monday night at Lambeau Field. It's going to be a chilly one. Already for October, it's going to start feeling like Lambeau football. You know, this is the turnaround for this team. This is a game. It isn't necessarily a must win. It's too early in the season to call it a must win. But when the Detroit Lions are at second place right now in the division and they're playing better than perhaps anyone expected them to, this is a really important game for the Packers. They don't want to drop this one early, especially knowing that their last three games of the season are their last three division games you know, the teams might look a lot different by then. So this is a big game trying to set the tone. And like I said, getting the monkey off the back. You got two monkeys off your back already. Now you have to beat the Lions.
2: Well, and Jacob, you know, we were mentioning here 0-4, and, and you had mentioned before the show, and I very much agree with this, uh, that we've kind of been – the Lions, the poor Lions, I should – I don't know if I should say the poor Lions, but the Lions have been for – most of our lives, they've been that team that we've just been programmed to look at the schedule and say, hey, there's Detroit and there's Detroit again. And that's two wins. Uh, but you look at this team. And even though we're kind of programmed to think that they're not that great, I don't know what to make of this team, Jacob, because they're 2-1-1. One, and one, And the, the game they tied, they blew a fourth quarter lead against the Cardinals on the road. And so you could probably argue that they should have won that game and should be 3-1. And, and then when you look at their one loss, they lost at home to the Chiefs, many who consider to be, if not the best team in the league, top three. And it was a close game. They they lost by, what, three or four points? So you have a Lions team that their one loss came against one of the best teams in the league, and it was a close game. And they they kept up with the Chiefs so I don't want to come into this game I I guess people shouldn't be coming into this game with the thought that oh it's the Lions at Lambeau so and we've kind of got things figured out with our team so this is just going to be a straight up easy W what what do you make of that
5: yeah I, I miss being able to make the joke of until 2015 I used to say the last time the Lions won in Wisconsin I was 17 days old uh, it was quite literally true. And then obviously that streak is no longer intact, but to go on what you said. Yeah. I don't know what to make of the lions. Cause like you said, I'm programmed to think they suck. And I still don't think they're defensively. I don't think they're very good. Um, I think that Maggie mentioned in, in warmups here that the they're 30th against the pass. And I think I heard on the radio today that they give up five yards of carry on the run. So they don't stop the run and they don't stop the pass kind of adds up to a bad defense right there where they can make up for some things is they have a very talented offense. I think their offensive line kind of stinks. And I think that's where the Packers can find an edge in this particular game. But Matthew Stafford is very talented. Uh, I've, I do also believe that nobody quite snatches defeat out of the jaws of victory quite like Matthew Stafford does. There's a few quarterbacks in contention for that, but Stafford is certainly on that list, but he has all the talent in the world. He's kind of ripped Green Bay apart the last several times that they've played. Kenny Galladay is a stud. Marvin Jones seems to always make several huge plays against the Packers. TJ Hawkinson was a guy that they drafted in the top 10 that people like a lot. And carry on Johnson is a very good running back. So, and for the Packers, I mean, for all the talk of, how good their defense was last week and there's some truth to that i mean some of the yards they gave up were garbage yards but zeke elliott still averaged more than five yards a carry and the only reason he didn't have more yards is because the packers were up by 21 points or 28 points or you know however many points they're up by at a given point throughout that game so <sighs> green bay's got some challenges in front of them especially on the defensive side of the ball because from a run defense standpoint you know i mentioned this during the game on sunday it's not a scheme thing it's not a It's not a desire thing. It's just very simple that when you're watching the line of scrimmage, guys, and this includes Kenny Clark, guys are just getting blocked, and guys are not getting off of blocks. So there's a – from Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, those guys up front, and then Blake Martinez and whoever the other linebacker that they have being deployed back there, those guys have to play better, and that's how they're going to stop everything. But Detroit, yeah, they're kind of a – Jekyll Hyde's not the right way to put it because like you said they, you can argue they should have won the game against Arizona but you can also argue that they blew the lead and the Cardinals had a chance to win that game a couple different times and they didn't so you can also argue that they should have lost that game overall I think when it's all said and done Detroit man and you know what I'm saying this again but I think when it's all said and done that Detroit's going to be that team more fighting for last place than first but this is a big game for the Packers to prove that out with the old, in with the new, so to speak. They haven't beaten Detroit in a long time, and it's time to do that right now.
2: Well, and you know, it like you said, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's not a for sure win. Uh, I i. It, it's 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 not a for sure win. That's all you can really say at this point. The Packers are opening right now as a four and a half point favorite, which the three of us we kind of talked and agreed that that seems about right given where these two teams are at right now. Uh, Jacob, you brought up something really interesting. You brought up the play of the Packers' defensive front line the line of scrimmage stopping the run Uh, and that kind of brings up another storyline coming into this game which is Mike Daniels making his return to Lambeau Field he was cut right before the season started here in Green Bay and a lot of people you know kind of questioned it whether it was the right move and since then people have wondered if he was still in Green Bay would the run defense be any better than it is so Maggie let's just start there I mean There was a lot going on with Mike Daniels right before he was released by the Packers. But ultimately, you know, does Green Bay miss him? And like we we, as of right now, we don't he's listed with a foot injury. We don't know if he's going to play. But is does Green Bay miss him? And would the defense look any better right now for Green Bay if he was still with this team?
4: So does Green Bay miss him as a person and a figurehead in the community? Definitely. But do they need him on their front seven? I don't believe that they do. And I think he's a really talented player. I think he fits well in Matt Patricia's defense, Um, but he's kind of being utilized more now as a rotational player. And I think that's the same kind of role that he would have had in Green Bay, given Kenny Clark, the contract to Dean Lowry. You have the emergence of Montrevious Adams, Tyler Lancaster, Kingsley Kiki, all these guys that are young and expected to kind of step up and fill in against the run. Um, So Mike Daniels, you know, had the ankle injury that kept him out of last year. He'd always been relatively healthy for his career, playing in most of the games, most seasons. Um, But then he had that ankle injury that kind of lingered through the offseason. A lot of people wondered if that maybe factored into him being cut by the Packers. And then now he plays three games for the Lions and he has another foot injury. So... You know, maybe Gutekunst knew something that the rest of the world didn't know, um, but I think honestly he just wasn't necessarily the correct fit for the de- the direction Mike Pettin wanted to go with the defense. And I don't necessarily think that he would have been the answer at stopping the run either. And I know that Pro Football Focus is not necessarily the football bible, um, but Mike Daniels overall has a better rating than he does against the run. His pass rush is. and his run defense is 53.4 so he's graded a lot lower against the run than he is when he has free reign to rush the passer um he only has been attributed four hurries and four total pressures on the season I know he only played in three games so far but um I don't necessarily see him being any type of safety valve um or maybe like the patchwork that would have fixed this Packers run defense
2: yeah you know and it it's it's unfortunate because it's always it's always difficult to dictate what type of an impact a player will have on a game or a team when they're injured, so it's kind of hard to say um ultimately, I think Green Bay in the off season made the right decision moving on from from a football standpoint but Nonetheless, it'll be interesting to see if he if he will play Monday night. Um, as, like I said, as of right now, uh, we don't have any information. He's listed as questionable, but whether or not he'll play, Maggie, I know you said before the show you think he'll probably make his maximum effort possible to come back and play in this game, just because it is the Packers. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, with that storyline there. But uh, Something I want to shift to a little bit here. Jacob, I know you – I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, It's something interesting. Uh, Matt LaFleur, rookie head coach, and then you have Matt Patricia on the other sideline here in, what, his second year with the Lions? Second or third year. I apologize for not knowing how many years the Lions coach has been in Detroit. Um, But just kind of give us an idea of this coaching matchup. They're both relatively – you have Matt LaFleur who is – brand new to head coaching and you have uh, Matt Patricia who's you know just in his infancy really uh, what do you make of the coaching matchup uh, for this game coming up on Monday
5: yeah it's something interesting because Lafleur, I mean coming into Sunday against the Cowboys it was coming off a game where he was criticized very frequently for not being aggressive enough in the first half going forward on fourth down to not running the ball at the goal line enough I mean all kinds of different things were being discussed as far as Lafleur went and then He's missing his only weapon in the passing game against the Cowboys on turf against a team that we thought was pretty good. I mean, I think if you had pulled us before the game on Sunday, we would have said we thought the Cowboys were pretty good. So you go through that, and then he has what I think was his finest hour as a head coach uh, to date. So that's something that – what I've been most impressed about is with Matt LaFleur, and I want to preface this by saying I came in to the season with no expectations on the floor because I – don't know whether he's good or bad because his only experience is as an assistant coach. And I think it's kind of silly that we do these things where we talk about what a good hire and a bad hire somebody was when we have no idea, you know, 15 years ago, when the Packers hired Mike McCarthy, the consensus was, it was a bad hire. He has a street named after him in green Bay three seasons ago, four seasons ago, when Doug Peterson got hired, Uh, Somebody in Philadelphia said it was far and away the worst hire that they could have possibly made. And Doug Peterson has won the only Super Bowl in franchise history for my money's worth. He's the best coach of football, not named Bill Belichick. And something that Matt LaFleur said this week that was really positive to me was he was asked if it was hard for him to go against his nature as an outside zone and a scheme and do more inside zone. And LaFleur's response was, I think that's what coaching is all about. You find what your guys do well, or maybe what, where a team is vulnerable that you're playing against and you attack that. So I always, I think we talk way too much in this modern society about coaching philosophies and schemes and how this all works within a system and blah, 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 blah. And really the best coaches, what makes Bill Belichick the best coach ever? There's several things about that. There are several things that make that true, but the biggest thing is his ability to adapt from year to year. For example, when his team's strength was Randy Moss and Wes Welker He spread teams out. They played a lot of 11 personnel, four wide receivers, more things like that. And they would throw the ball all over the field. And then when he has Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, they're playing double tight and forcing things in the run game, also attacking down the field with the tight ends. Last year, they're facing off against the Chargers in the playoffs, and the Chargers were pretty much telling the world, we're going to play with seven defensive backs okay, that's great, we're going to line up double tight and ram the ball down your throat. I mean, they ran the ball like 45 times or something like that against the Chargers last year in the playoffs. That's what I want to see from Matt LaFleur going forward, and I think he's done that. The the game plan against the Eagles, for example, the Eagles secondary was in shambles when they played, and the Packers threw the ball almost every other play, if not every play, throughout the course of the night. They threw the ball a lot that night. Last week I thought he game-planned very well and was masterful. Matt Patricia on the other side, uh, people in Detroit, they're never really happy about anything, but they're not too happy with the way that that hire's gone thus far. And uh, Patricia comes from the Belichick tree, obviously, so you would think that that comes with some adjustments. I think that has gotten better every game that he's coached, and that doesn't mean, I mean, maybe he'll end up being an okay coach, maybe he'll end up being below average, maybe he'll end up being the best coach in the history of the Green Bay Packers. After five games, we really don't know yet, It's hard to say, but I think the signs have been far more positive than they have been negative to this point. And that's something that I'm looking for to continue when they play Monday night against a divisional opponent with another good defense and maybe, maybe not having Devontae Adams again.
2: Yeah, well, it certainly will be an interesting match. If you mention maybe maybe not having Devontae Adams, uh, don't look to us for a storyline. Matt, Matt LaFleur won't even tell the people that are allowed in his press conferences anything about injuries. So um, like Matt LaFleur says, you'll just have to wait for the injury report to come out. We have no information on whether or not that he's going to play Monday night. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if he plays um, – Again, though, we don't have any information. You'll just have to wait until Matt LaFleur tells everyone else that the uh, injury report has been released. Um, which, quickly, I, you know, I, I guess I just, why I bring this up, I just want both of your guys' thoughts real quick on this. Because I know it's something that maybe annoys people, but, but do you guys find an issue with him not telling the media anything about injuries? uh maggie are, are you bothered that he when people ask you know about a certain player he says the injury report comes out later today is that is that any is that something that media people are just upset about because they're not
4: getting the answer to their question i would die for male floor, so i have no problem <laughs> with anything he does
2: all right uh, 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 jacob uh, any 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 thoughts from you I don't feel nearly as strongly as that,
5: <laughs> so I don't know how to answer that. I guess after coming off of that, no, I mean I think it's I think the way the NFL treats this stuff like it's Fort Knox is a little ridiculous. Like I remember the running joke here in Illinois, John Fox during the offseason, his last year as a coach, kept saying they played the Packers in the opener, and he said Alshon Jeffrey day to day, day to day, and he said that from the day of camp until the first game of the season, and Jeffrey didn't end up practicing until the walk through the day before the. Packers game and somebody's like well he's got to keep his competitive advantage it's like the the Packers are game planning with or without Alshon Jeffrey it's like they'll do that anyways so I don't think there's any advantage but I'm also not inside an NFL locker room I'm not inside an NFL front office and with good reason so maybe they know a few more things than I do but I don't know how it's any advantage to say, oh, Devontae Adams will be limited today or something like that instead of the injury report comes out later. But does it bother me? No, because I'm just accustomed to that's how things work in the NFL. All
2: right. Hey, you know, like I said, it's not – I really don't have an opinion one way or the other. It's, just, it's interesting because, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy was always willing to at least ad- address and entertain the questions, and Matt LaFleur at this point is just like, stop asking. He 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 did the Nick Saban, uh, stop asking, I'm not going to tell you type thing. so um, Well, with that, quickly before we wrap up here, we're running short on time. Just real quick, so we discuss some of the important storylines coming into this game. Just real quick, Packers four-and-a-half point favorites, haven't won in the last two seasons against the Lions. Jacob, Monday night, are we looking at five and one, or are we looking at four and two?
5: It's my anniversary, so they better not lose on my freaking anniversary. So uh, I don't know how much of the game I'm going to see that night because of that. My wife takes priority and I'm not just saying that cause she's sitting over my shoulder, but um, I, I think you're looking at five and one. Uh, I think that, like I mentioned earlier, the lions can't stop anything. The Packers I think can at least create turnovers and sack Matthew Stafford. I think the lions offensive line is piss poor. And I think you've seen that play out for most of the year. Z'Darrius Smith. Maybe he'll do the Ray Lewis dance in front of the Monday Night crew. I don't know. Does Ray Lewis still work for Monday Night Football? I honestly don't know. I
2: don't I don't believe he does. he does.
5: That's unfortunate because I was really hoping Z would maybe like point at him or something like that. My <laughs> feelings on Ray Lewis are very strong. I do not like him at all. I didn't like him before his comments on Z, but that is what it is. I think you're looking at 5-1. and one. I think Green Bay will be able to do pretty much whatever they want on offense, whatever they decide they want to do that night, and I think defensively they'll be able to do just And That's even if I think the Lions will make some plays. They have some playmakers. Darnell Savage might not play, uh, but the Packers I think have enough pass rush to cover up some of the deficiencies, and they have some pretty good matchups for. Kevin King matches up relatively well with Kenny Galladay. Jair Alexander matches up well with Marvin Jones, so they at least have that going for them. Uh, but yeah, I think Green Bay wins.
2: And and Maggie, I, I, I'm I'm hoping you're agreeing with Jacob here, but five and one or four and two.
4: So I legitimately thought when you said, "What are we looking at?" I thought Jacob was going to say, "I'm not looking at anything on Monday because it's my anniversary." Um, so hearing that he gets to watch the game is great. Um, but no, I'll say five and one two. And if I recall, someone Nick made a bold prediction after the Eagles game. So maybe we don't want your bold prediction yeah, on the well, air because well, it might be wrong. Well,
2: yeah, well. It- what listeners don't know <laughs> is that i deleted that bold prediction from the podcast so nobody actually ever heard my 4-0 prediction going into the eagles game but um i i i i i tend to agree with both of you guys and it's probably just due to the fact that my brain is like you said Jacob just it's 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 just trained to think that the lions are a bad team and that this shouldn't be much of a problem for Green Bay. But the, the last thing I just, I just got to say, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I'm sure it's probably pretty similar, but I love our defense, and I love watching them play so much, like even more so than the offense at this point. And it's not a knock against the offense, but it's just it's so nice to be able to see a defense that doesn't just suck. And, and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way that it is. And Preston and zadarius Smith, I, like there's so much fun to watch. And I mean, we won't even get into the Ray Lewis stuff, but I mean, it like, it's almost like the comments were made by somebody that doesn't watch football. So, well, with that, we are out of time for the day. Maggie, Jacob, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Really appreciate the time. Uh, it's been fun, and uh, like we'll be talking with you guys next Wednesday, and again, all three of us, we're hoping for, and we're believing right now, 5-1. and one. So uh, it'll be a good game against the Lions come Monday night. Keep an eye on some of these storylines here, and uh, keep an eye on the injury report. There's a lot of big names that will be coming out on that injury report later this week, uh, mainly Devontae Adams, and it'll be interesting to kind of see where Zadarius Smith after Sunday is landing on that injury report and, uh, and whatnot. So with that, thank you so much much for listening everyone and as always go pack go